All glory, laud, and honor to our Redeemer King. Good morning and welcome to worship on this Palm Sunday. Today in our service, we pick up the theme that we've been following on the Wednesday night Lenten services, His Final Steps. This morning, we find that our Savior's final steps led Him to a donkey. May the Lord bless us as we worship and adore our Palm Sunday King. Today's gospel reading and the words of our sermon text this Palm Sunday, Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples telling them, Go to the village ahead of you. Immediately you will find a donkey tied there along with her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you are to say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king comes to you, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did just as Jesus commanded them, They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their outer clothing on them, and he sat on it. A very large crowd spread their outer clothing on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them out on the road. The crowds who went in front of him and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Amen. In the name of our Palm Sunday King and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, My dear friends, in this world's very first week, the Lord our God created for six days. He spoke and there was. And at the end of that sixth day, God looked out over all that he had created and he declared it to be perfect. It was very good. And then he rested rested on the seventh day, ceased and desisted from all of his creating work, and in that way, the Lord our God set down for us the pattern for our seven-day week that the world's been following ever since. A few thousand years after that week of creation, in the world's greatest week ever, the Lord our God was hard at work once again not creating, but this time redeeming the world of his lost creatures. These days of what we now have come to refer to as Holy Week would be another seven days that would change the world. Holy Week begins today, on Palm Sunday, as the Son of God makes his entrance into the city of Jerusalem. And he did that in order to take up his work on our behalf, to make creatures that were no longer good, good once again, on a Friday that we call good. Today we note that 
Our Savior's final steps led him to a donkey. Today, on the basis of our text from Matthew 21, we'll focus in on two reasons why his final steps led to a donkey. Here's the first. It was to fulfill all of God's prophecies about him. To the people in Jerusalem back then, this wasn't Palm Sunday. It was getting to be Passover time. Faithful Jews from all over the known world at that time had made their pilgrimage to the city of Jerusalem to there celebrate the festival of the Passover as the law of Moses required. The ancient historian Josephus tells us that at the time of the Passover, the population of the city of Jerusalem routinely would swell to about two million people. The city was filled with faithful pilgrims, and the news of what had been happening had raised the people's expectations to a fevered pitch. They were hearing about this man, Jesus from Nazareth. They heard how he had performed a bunch of show-stopping miracles. How he had fed a crowd of well over 5,000 people with just a tiny little bit of food. How he had healed the lame and the sick. How he'd given sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. How he'd raised up the little daughter of Jairus and the son of that, young, of that widow from Nain. But it was the miracle that Jesus had most recently performed that really had people talking. He had just raised up a man named Lazarus, someone who had been dead and buried for four solid days. This man from Nazareth stood outside the sepulcher of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come out. And he did, alive and well. And now the people were on the lookout for this miracle worker. Rumor was that he might possibly be making his way to Jerusalem for the Passover. Maybe, just maybe, they wondered, this could be the promised, long-awaited Messiah. What a perfect time for Jesus to make a grand statement. Here I am, that promised Messiah. But what a strange way for Jesus to make that statement. He plods along on the back of a borrowed donkey. He's the son of God. He could have come with all the power and the glory that rightly belonged to him as the son of God. Jesus could have come riding into Jerusalem on a flaming golden chariot, really making a statement. He could have come with a million angels in all their splendor and glory marching alongside of him. But he didn't. Instead, the ones marching along beside him are his disciples, plain, simple, ordinary guys, a few fishermen, a rehabilitated tax collector, a zealot, and several others. Disciples who frankly had a kind of spotty record of trusting in their friend and savior, which prompted him on a few occasions to refer to them as ye of little faith. In a flaming chariot, not today. Not even close, he comes riding on the back of a borrowed donkey, not as a concession, not as a plan B, this will have to do in a pinch kind of thing. He does this intentionally, on purpose, entirely. And just so we won't miss that point, the Holy Spirit, as Matthew write for us here, that Jesus sent two of his disciples into this little village of Bethphage, which was just ahead of them, 
And he tells them that there they would find a donkey and her colt. Untie them, Jesus said. Bring them to me. Let's pause there for a moment. Does that sound a little like stealing to you? Then let me remind you that you can't steal something that you already own. The Lord our God, the creator of all things, is the owner of all things. Psalm 24.1, as we sang earlier in our Psalm of the Day, says very clearly, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. We don't really own anything. It's all the Lord's. He gives us things on loan to use as his faithful servants and calls on us to use them in a way that will honor him and bring him glory. But it's all his our time, our money, our possessions, our family members, his word. These are all gifts that belong to him that he places into our hands to use faithfully. So no, this wasn't stealing. You can't steal what you already own. But if anyone was to question these two disciples on what they were doing, untying that colt, they should simply respond, the Lord needs them, and that would be enough. Wait, the Lord needed them? Really? You know, Jesus could have just teleported right into Jerusalem. Jesus could have easily walked. It was just a couple few miles from Bethphage to Jerusalem. By the time the disciples went and found this colt and her donkey and untied them and then brought them back to Jesus, he could have been halfway there already. The Lord needs them? Yes. Jesus needed that donkey in order to make a statement because by riding into Jerusalem in that way, on that donkey, Jesus was proclaiming to everyone there that day and every one of us here this day that he was and is, in fact, the Lord's servant, the long-awaited, the long-promised Messiah, the Christ, the Savior whom God had sent into this world to save us sinners. Because that's exactly the way the Lord had prophesied it would happen. Right, you heard that earlier in our first reading this morning in Zechariah chapter 9. That was 500 or so years before this first Palm Sunday. In that reading, the Lord was allowing his prophet Zechariah to peer down the long corridor of time to mark one shocking detail about how the world's king would make his entrance into the city of Jerusalem. The promised Christ, he wrote, would come humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And in our text, Matthew wants to make entirely sure that we don't miss the why behind that little point. He says, this took place to fulfill, to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Now you should remember that Matthew's gospel was written predominantly to a Jewish audience. It was important for them to be able to connect all of the Old Testament prophecies to the coming Christ. To see how Jesus perfectly fulfilled all of those promises and prophecies. If Jesus really was the promised Messiah, he would fulfill all of those prophecies made about him in the pages of the Old Testament. And so sure enough, here's Jesus riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey, just as prophesied. We don't know how many, if any, of the people in the crowd that day made that particular connection 
but I'll pray that you make it today and every day as you see this one who came fulfilling every one of God's promises and prophecies, let Jesus sweep away any and every doubt that may remain in your mind and acknowledge who he truly is. This Jesus is my king. This is my Christ. This is my one and only savior. That one who came riding into Jerusalem on a beast of burden is the one who came into this world to carry the burden of every single one of my sins to the cross. The one who graciously came riding into my heart and into my life when the Holy Spirit brought me to faith. This is the one who came having salvation to make his salvation mine personally as a free gift of his undeserved love through faith in him. There was a good reason why Jesus' final steps led him to a donkey. It was God's way of reminding us that he had perfectly fulfilled all of God's prophecies about him. Let's think about a second reason this morning. Came riding into Jerusalem the way that they did in order to show us what kind of king he really is. Now, Zechariah, already 500 years earlier, made that connection for us. Matthew repeats it here in our text. The fact that Jesus chose the mode of transportation that he did helps us to rightly view him as humble. Humble. So humble, in fact, that the one who is the king of all kings and the lord of all lords humbled himself by stepping out of heaven and stepping into a world that he knew full well was largely going to reject him and mistreat him and hate him and ultimately crucify him. Jesus understood all of that, but he humbled himself. He set aside the full and constant use of his divine power and glory as the Son of God and took on our human flesh and blood. The, the Son of God became the Son of David, the Son of Man. And he did that to live for us under the law in our place as our perfect substitute. And he did that to die for us on the cross as our perfect substitute. You know, this humble Jesus came riding into Jerusalem in great humility to rescue us and to redeem us from our daily sinful arrogance. What is it but arrogance every single time that we defy God and do the things that he says we should not do and don't do the things that he tells us we should do? Are we not telling God, I will not listen to you. I will put myself ahead of you. I will insist on doing my will and not your will, Lord. For every single time that we have essentially told God to take a hike, to try to arrogantly tell ourselves that we know better than he does, to kind of tell God that, look, we'll call on you when and if we feel like we need you, but until then, just kind of butt out of my life and let me do as I please. For all of that and more, the Lord Jesus humbled himself even to death on a cross. Zechariah was right. He came bringing salvation, and boy, do we need it. That's the kind of king Jesus really is. 
He entered Jerusalem riding on a borrowed donkey. Do you have any donkey experience? I rode a donkey once. It was about my first year in the ministry back in Milwaukee. I took part in a, a charity event that had a number of us playing a game of donkey basketball. And as I rode around on the back of that donkey playing in that basketball game, it helped me to understand in a big hurry why donkeys are notorious for their stubbornness. But there's this little detail in Matthew's account here, right? Speaking of that colt, the foal of a donkey, Matthew just tells us matter-of-factly that Jesus sat on it. Matthew and Mark, in, uh, rather Mark and Luke, in their gospel account, add this detail that the young donkey had never been ridden before. No one had ever sat on it before. And yet here it is, this little donkey that's never been trained nor ridden before, obediently carrying the Lord Jesus. There's no fear. The mother of this little donkey isn't getting aggressive toward Jesus. It's as if they understood that the one who rode on its back was a gentle, kind, humble Savior. And we most certainly understand that about Jesus, don't we? Let's be reminded today that this gentle Savior is the King of love. He's humble and he's meek. He's caring and he's giving. You can bet that he'll watch over us, that he'll take care of us with perfect love and care. We can trust him. This Jesus has taken all of the terror and fear out of our relationship with a holy God because he's taken away all of our sins. When Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, when his final steps led him to a donkey, the crowds, as prophesied, sang his praises. They said, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You know, their praises were rooted right in the words of the 118th Psalm. Hosanna, they cried. That's a Hebrew cry for help. That word literally means Save us now. What a fitting cry for us still today. Lord, save us now. That's the cry of faith that we offer up to the Lord's throne whenever a devastating diagnosis is shared by the doctor. Lord, save us now. It's the cry of an elderly, lonely person it's the cry of a young couple just struggling to make ends meet. Lord, save us now. It's the prayer we offer up when some piece of really bad, really life-changing news comes, blindsiding us, putting a lump in our throat and tears in our eyes. Lord, save us now. What a blessing as we make those pleas and those prayers to the Lord above. We know that our King is as gentle and kind as compassionate and sympathetic as he is powerful to help us and to save us. But more than anything else, Hosanna, save us now, is a fitting cry that we all need to make no matter what our circumstance because this grand entrance that Jesus was making into Jerusalem was paving the way for him to go to the cross on Friday. His final steps would lead to that cross. And that was always his goal. 
Because Jesus came into this world to save us. Saving us was his mission. Saving us was his purpose. Jesus answers that cry, Hosanna, Lord, save us now, to show us what kind of a king he really is. He is the long-promised Savior. He is precisely the kind of king that broken sinners like you and me need, both now and always. On this Palm Sunday, as his final steps led Jesus to, the, to that borrowed donkey, let our voices blend in praise with the crowds that lined the street that day, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna in the highest. You, Lord Jesus, are our gentle and glorious King. Amen.